Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Tuesday, it is April 9th, it's 2019, and we are here to talk some baseball. There's 10 games on the main slate today, we're going to break down these 10 games, and I'm joined today by my buddy, JSU. Um, John, we were supposed to talk basketball, and we got the okay to just start talking baseball, because kind of figured like the last two days for basketball, talking about them the night before was going to be really, really tough, so we're going to be talking baseball and um, I'm really excited to you know start talking baseball each and every day. And uh, the first baseball podcast with you, I'm I'm pretty pumped to talk some baseball with you. Yeah, man, it's uh it's exciting times. You know, basketball is kind of wrapping up, and uh, we get to uh, we get to talk some baseball. You know, me and you, I think it's the first time I've talked baseball with you on this podcast. So uh, pretty amped and ready to go. If you guys haven't checked out our sponsor, make sure you head on over there, check them out. It is fantasydraft.com. Sign up through the Roto Grinders links that way you get access to any cool promos that we run with Fantasy Draft. We run them from time to time. We don't run them every day. We don't run them every month, but it, the times that we do run them, you'll get access to them if you sign up through the links. So if you haven't already, make sure you do that. I'm sure you guys are getting used to seeing John over there in crunch time. So excited to get his first initial thoughts on this baseball slate we start with washington at philadelphia it's steven strasburg against aaron nola let's start with strasburg i like to start with the visiting pitchers here what are we looking at is this a spot we could potentially play steven strasburg i mean i don't love the matchup you know philly's philly's a tough team they have a tough lineup um you know they're I want to say, yeah, 21st in K-rate. So, like, they don't strike out a bunch. Just not a team I really want to pick on. And to pay, you know, on Fandle, you got him at 10-5. He's right, he's right next to Cole. Cole's a little higher than him. Got Nola right below him. Um, just I, I don't love it. You know, on DK, he's priced at 9-7. Again, like, one of the higher-up pitchers on the slate. I just... I think he's more in play on DK if you were going to play him just with the price, but I, I don't love him in this matchup today. Phillies aren't a team I like to pick on, especially paying top dollar for a pitcher. Yeah, you know, the Philadelphia team is a team that is going to be a, a super strong throughout the year. Um, the other thing that we got to kind of factor in here is the ballpark. This Philadelphia ballpark is one of the best and one of the most friendly hitters ballparks in baseball. And when you're looking at this top tier, unlike yesterday, you know, it was Verlander kind of by himself up there um, yesterday. And then today we're looking at it. We have DeGrom. We have Cole. Um, you know, we, we'll, we can even talk Peralta and Nola all in this kind of, you know, range up here towards the top. So there's a lot of options. And I think that Strasburg is a guy that if we start seeing his ownership trend to the direction of being very low owned, then I think you can start making an argument for playing him. But like you said, this team doesn't strike out a lot. You know, even if you look at the numbers from last year, Harper and Hoskins um, outside of Hernandez towards the bottom of the order, really the only guys that strike out typically in this lineup. Um, so Strasburg, a guy that has upside. If you want to play him in tournaments, never hate playing Strasburg. But I do think like, I think even in tournaments, I, I think I would lean DeGrom in this spot before I would play Strasburg, and we'll talk about him here in a little bit. You know, the other side of this game, we look at Aaron Nola, and, you know, one thing that has been a constant with Aaron Nola is he's death to righties. This guy is just so good against right-handed bats. We look at this team, and I talked about this yesterday with Vincent Velasquez. It's a very right-handed heavy team with Soto being that one staple power left-handed bat. So this is a spot you could potentially play Aaron Nola. Well, I mean, they this team just these guys just faced each other in in Washington. And Eric Nola got you know beat up in that matchup. I think he surrendered six certain runs, um, you know, in three innings. And you said you know it's a hitter's ballpark. Um, 
I think if I were to take one of these two pitchers in the GPP, it would be Nola for the sole fact that everyone's going to look at that game log and they're just going to see that he got beat up against the same team. Um, but I think in GPPs, that'll just bring his ownership way down. So I do like that idea. Um, but it's not someone I'm like targeting. Yeah. Both these pitchers kind of very large field tournament type pitchers, you know, Nola, you know, that curveball is eventually going to start get going here. You know, he's one of the best curveballs in baseball. They both really both starts for Nola and, and it's not even like a velocity thing. Um, you know, his fastball has been where he kind of struggled. If you look at that Washington game, it was his fastball that was really struggling. And Atlanta didn't hit him hard, but they had a lot of good contact against him, which is not always the same as, you know, guys scoring 15 runs. But they had a lot of good contact, and the contact was with, you know, the fastball. So I like Nola for tournaments. Uh, large field, really, only. Washington bats, is there anything that you would play here, stack, or any one-offs? Yeah, I mean, I'm, Juan Soto, I think, is is in play always. He's been uh, been really good kind of to start the season. Um, you know, I, th I think he's the really the only bat. Him and Rendon, I think, are the two guys who, if I was looking to take, like, one or two bats. I mean, Rendon's been hot. This guy to start the season, I mean, he's got four home runs, nine ribbies, just 20 DK points or more in two of his last three. Like, that. I think he's a guy 4,200 on DraftKings. That's, that's a really good price for him. So he's someone I would, I would definitely look at in tournaments him and Soto. Yeah. Um, Soto for sure. I don't know if I could play Rendon. I can understand why you would look at him and everything you said was a hundred percent correct. If Nola's on, he's going to be on, but if he's off, you know, the stack could obviously come through like it did last time, but Soto's that one guy that I think from Washington that you can play knowing that when Nola usually gets hit, it's by lefties. I think a one-off only for me um, kind of situation, but I can understand why you'd play Rendon. He's one of the hottest hitters in baseball, like you said. The Philadelphia side of things, outside of like a contrarian stack here for Philly, they're a very good team. We kind of talked about that. I don't think I would play anybody as one-offs because they're not cheap. You know, you're not really getting any of these guys as cheaper guys. Herrera, you know, continues to be cheap. I talked about him yesterday. Um, I think he's really the only, like, cheap bat that you can feel okay with. Singura is actually a lot cheaper than what I thought he was going to be at 39. But I think it's more of a stack here than anything else, and it's just a real contrarian large field stack. Yeah, 100% agree with you. Uh, Herrera's price on Fandle at 2900 is a nice price too, so – I, I kind of like them over there as well, but um, yeah, I, I would do I would do full stacks in like large field GPPs with them, and probably that's it. Her Her Herrera is going to be a guy that's going to be very interesting throughout the season. You know, they've added Real Muto and Harper in the off season, Singura in the off season, and he's gone from like a two to four hitter to kind of like in the sneaky six spot where the pressure's kind of off of him now. You know, he got guys that – a lot of hitters in front of him. So Herrera's going to be interesting this season. Oakland at Baltimore, a game that uh, produced very heavily yesterday on Monday. Brett Anderson against John Means. Any interest here in Brett Anderson? You know, Brett Anderson's a guy who – he just has a, a extreme high ground ball rate, you know, 62% to lefties, 55 to righties. Um, you know, he's not really going to give you any strikeouts. He's not a big K guy, you know, maybe three to five strikeouts at most. I, like he's someone who like, if I was digging for an SP two, maybe this Baltimore lineup, it, you know, they've been, they really were white hot, uh, this past night. Um, I, th I think they went off for double-digit runs uh, today, but um, I, I still think there's strikeouts to be had. You, you look at this lineup, they've got four, five, six guys at least with a 23 or higher percent K rate, um, low ISOs across, like just besides Trey Mancini, um, really not some bats I'm worried about. So I, I think he's in play as an SP2. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, low walk rate, not going to strike anybody out typically, but a team that if we look back at last season, this starting projected lineup, 26.7% K rate against lefties. Um, and, and we're getting really decent sample size on a lot of these guys when we're looking at this team. They were really struggling against lefties last year. We played lefties against Baltimore, even with six, seven, eight righties in the lineup um, a, a lot last year. Like even Adam Jones was really struggling last year when he was with this team. But I don't hate Anderson here just because, you know, the lineup. But the one thing that I, I do. I'm going to complain a little bit about is his price. I wish he was a little bit cheaper than 8K. Like if he's 6,500 here, like he's like the premier SP2 for me. But at 8K, I'm really going to have to think about it because I like Lucas C a lot um, in that San Francisco game. And we'll talk about him. And it's really just going to depend on like, do I end up on two 8K guys? Do I play DeGrom in a really cheap guy um, type of builds for me today? Um, John means on the other side, he's going to come out of the bullpen and get his, I think it's his first career start. I, I could be wrong. He might've started a game last season, but I'm pretty sure this is his first uh, career start. Triple a guy, double a guy really to start the season last season and then got called up to triple a and they're going to let him start here instead of Kearns. And what's interesting about this is if Means gets beat up in this game, I think Kearns is going to be the long relief guy, you know, because they're kind of flip-flopping roles here. I really, just looking at just overall numbers for, for Means, it's really tough to judge because it's a lot of bullpen stuff. But even in his numbers in AAA, low K per nine, low strikeout um, numbers. And I think this is a spot I'm going to stay away from John Means. Um even with him being 4,500 here. Yeah, I mean, and I just, this Oakland lineup, they've got some dangerous righties. They got some power right-handed bats. So, you know, I think it's more of a situation where I might want to stack some 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 bats from Oakland up um, and just and, and stay away from taking John Means, even though, I, like, I've been paying down at pitcher a lot this season so far, and it's been working out really well for me at my sp2 and he's 4500 like i could see how people might be interested in it but i, I think on this big slate with I, I would say a good amount of like pretty good to really good pitchers on the slate i, I just don't think i'm gonna do it and uh, I, if you're playing like 150 teams i could see maybe playing like five percent because if you pair him with DeGrom and DeGrom goes out and just has a monster game and means gets you like 10, 12 points and your hitters do what they're supposed to do, like course field's still on the slate. Like, you know, there's a bunch of spots in the slate where, you know, hitters could go off. So I could see maybe doing it there, but I'm typically a three to five lineup guy in baseball. And I don't think I'll use means today. Um, there is a cheap pitcher that I like that we're going to talk about here in a little while. Uh, you know, you kind of alluded to the Oakland Bats and how well they've hit left-handed pitching. If we look back to last year, Chris Davis, Piscotty, Canna, Pinder, Hunley, you know, even Marcus Simeon, you know, all these guys really above above um, average ISOs. Uh, Wobas are, you know, right around the 350, but just a solid lineup up and down. There is strikeouts here. But I think this is a spot you could uh, potentially play some of these Oakland bats. Yeah, man, I love that uh, four, five, six. You said of like Davis, Pinder, Kana. Um, just uh, love the love the power there. Um, you know, Adam Piscotti, Chapman. That's fine too if you wanted to make like a five man stack. But uh, you know, Kana's usually pretty cheap. Pinder's usually you know pretty cheap. So I I, I kind of like that uh stack right there um that, that's probably where i'm gonna go i i definitely i definitely like stacking up some of these open bats i will say like the one thing that always worries me when it comes to kana and like pinder is you always have to worry about pinch hit risk um with both of those guys if we if they do get the means here maybe they let them play like kana has been hitting the ball really well um but I, I I do like this stack, like the the two, three, four, five, six, all really playable as a stack. Um, and Nick Hunley is potentially a catcher play on this slate. It's just thirty nine hundred is a tough ask um, for him. 
you know, when you're just looking at it, but then you think about like the pricing this year and like, it's like the new app, like the new normal is just anything really under like 4k. Uh, but I still like to try to be a little cheaper at catcher. Is there anything here for Baltimore that you want to play? Uh, yeah, I think uh, Trey Mancini as a one-off is totally fine. He's the one guy I've been looking at guy had another big night again, past night. Um, just, just on fire right now. I, I definitely like him as as just a one-off. Yeah, my hot take on expert surveys today was he was going to hit two home runs and be the highest scoring hitter. He didn't hit two home runs, and he was one of the highest scoring hitters. We were close. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I like Mancini a lot here. Um, I wish Jonathan VR was a little bit cheaper, just kind of looking at like his numbers against lefties. You know, in years past, not last year. Last year was awful. Um, but yeah, Mancini, really the only guy that I have a little interest in here. Um, you know, anybody like that has massive fly ball rates are interesting. And like Mancini had a massive ground ball rate against lefties last year, but I can overlook that a little bit just because how he's hitting the ball right now. So I want to stay away from anybody with a massive ground ball rate when I'm facing a ground ball pitcher like Anderson um, for what it's worth. Minnesota at New York, taking on the Mets, Kyle Gibson, Jacob DeGrom. Um, any interest here in Gibson? Kyle Gibson, I I do have a little interest I, just because he's so cheap. If I wanted to, to punt all the way down, I think – I could go there. I know he got hit around his last start, but the Mets right now are just, you know, they're not a great team. The 27% strikeout rate team is that's third worst, um, third or fourth worst in the MLB right now. So, I mean, this team has K's, you know, Kyle Gibson is not someone who's, you know, overpowering by any means, but at the same time, if we're just looking for, you know, matchups and pitchers going up against weaker teams, I think, this is a team that, you know, is a little weaker in the lineup and they're, you know, we can attack them a little bit. Yeah, I don't mind Gibson here. It's really, it's like a lineup thing for me though. Um, when it comes to Gibson, he's a guy that is, you know, he has a good ground ball rate, good strikeout rate against righties. He gives up hard contact no matter righty, lefty, it doesn't matter. But the my only issue here with Gibson is when we look at this team, the Mets actually have pretty low strikeout rates if we're combining last year and this year um, as just overall hitters. So that's like my only issue. But like you said, he's cheap. When we're looking for cheaper pitchers on the slate, uh, I think Gibson is certainly somebody at 6,500 you could potentially play here. Um, looked terrible in his first start against Kansas City. And, you know, that's always something that's a little concerning. But just overall, I, I don't think he's the worst cheap play. Um, but I do have a cheap guy. I promise you, I, I have a cheap guy today. Yeah, I got um, one. I got one too. I got one too. He's uh, <laughs> probably not the same one as you. Maybe he is. I don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, Jacob Degrom, on the other hand, though, like he, he's just the ace on the slate. Like you know, the numbers and stuff that he just continues to put up. Um, I'm a Jake Degrom homer. I'm always going to talk good things about him, but I, I know you know his last start was against Miami, and he had 14 strikeouts, yada yada yada. But the fact that the second start of the season they were already willing to let him go 114 pitches is very very healthy um, when wanting to pay up for a guy like Degrom. Is he your number one today? If you're if you can fit him in, are you fitting him in? Um, what's your thoughts on Degrom? Yeah, he is he is definitely my number one today. Um, I, there's just like, how much can we say about him? Like you said, he had 14 strikeouts against Miami. Miami's not a great team though, but the guy just to righties, he's absolutely dominant to lefties. He's dominant as well. Like it, it's just one of those things where you have a 30% K rate to lefties, 35 to righties. Um, just, I, I think he's by far and away the best pitcher on this slate. Um, I hate paying up all the way up because I haven't really been doing it that much this season, but he's like the one guy that I have been doing it for. So I, I'm just going to continue to do it until it probably burns me. I can completely understand why you would go with like two, eight or two, nine K guys on this slate, uh, for what it's worth. I've been doing that a lot. Um, like I played 
Eric Lauer and um, Chassine on Monday and, and just kind of got the bats that I wanted. And it's going to be a really good slate on Monday for me. So I completely understand if you want to do that. Um, but if you want to pay up, if you want the security, I think DeGrom's your guy. You know, you talked about, you know, how he's really good against righties. He gets so much soft contact against lefties, you know, minus 8% hard to soft contact ratio to lefties because he mixes up his pitches. He just doesn't, you know, he, he throws his fastball quite a bit. You know, all, all guys usually do that to opposite hand hitters, but he just misses up the, the slider, the changeup, and that little bit of a curveball that he has um, a, a lot. So nothing really bad to say about DeGrom. Is there anybody from Minnesota that you would take a shot on hitters-wise? Um, really, there's no one that I, I really love. I mean, Max Kepler's been hitting the ball well, but I, I don't think I really want anyone from this uh, from the Minnesota side. Yeah, um, I, I completely understand fading them here. Um, I have no issues with fading them. Uh, I will say, like, I wouldn't, like... I wouldn't talk you off of playing um, Asdulio, um, you know, the catcher that's like 3,400. The guy just hits everything and playing DeGrom with him. Like, you know, I, I never hate playing a cheap catcher against my pitcher. Um, some yeah. people, people get so weirded about that. I don't really like ever care. Um, as far as the Mets bats go, like really you have to like this price for Robinson Cano. He's a guy that really, really stands out to me here at 3,900. Um, batting right in the heart of that lineup against Kyle Gibson. Um, any interest in Cano or anybody else here for the Mets? Yeah, I think the mini stack of Cano and Nemo, I, I do like a lot. Nemo's another guy, he's 3,900. Um, so I, I do like that that little stack a lot. Um, and then, like you said, Cano, Nemo, 248 ISO, 411 Woba against right-handed pitching. Just someone I'm, I'm definitely going to look at. Yeah, and like I, I wish Pete Alonso wasn't a first baseman. The guy's been mashing um, multiple hits now in like three of the last four games. Like uh, you know, to even play that like little like three or four man stack, I don't think it's the worst little stack here today. But using that first baseman slot is always worrisome for me. But I do like the Nimmo and Cano calls. They're both thirty nine hundred. They're cheap, um, certainly in play here. Um, Dodgers and Cardinals, Ross Stripling against Dakota Hudson. Let's start with Stripling. Uh, what, what's your thoughts here on Ross? Uh, so I remember I was big on Ross, uh, last time out. He kind of really underperformed, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Had nine and a half DraftKings points. He didn't have a terrible game, but like strikeouts weren't there. He only had three Ks. He went six innings though. Um, forget what was his, uh, yeah, he threw 87 pitches. I mean, hopefully we could see a few more, uh, but six innings, uh, at least they let him go 6.1 innings, so that was good. But I think he's a guy who you can you can look at in this slate. He's got a 25% K rate to righties, uh, 29 to lefties, so he's a little better. This uh, Cardinals lineup, though, is mostly righties, but I, I think he could he could have a good game. I hate picking on the Cardinals but I just believe in Ross Stripling as a pitcher. Like I think he's a really good pitcher. So I think he's someone in tournaments that I might take a shot with that could come in at ex extremely low ownership after his, you know, subpar performance against a, against a good Cardinals team. He's like one of those guys that you're like looking at if you're, you're potentially doing that like two, eight K two, nine K guys. Um, you know, when you're looking at the slate, you know, you're always, you're always kind of, you're skeptical of, of taking anybody against Cardinals because realistically they can hit anybody on any given slate. Um, they do have a, a really solid lineup, but when you look at the lineup, Ozuna down um, last year really struggled with righties. Um, so like there is upside here for Stripling. He, you know, had some reverse splits tendencies last season, um, which kind of worries me a little bit against all these righties. But I do think he's a guy I'm potentially looking at if I'm going to do those two like mid-tier type pitchers. Um, not my favorite option in this range, but certainly a good option in this range. Dakota Hudson on the other side of this game. Um, it, it's never good when you read a, a, a scouting report on a guy like Dakota Hudson and it says 
His fastball has good velocity, but it's not going to miss a lot of bats because it's too straight. Like that's not what you want to read <laughs> when yeah. you're looking at a guy. Um, the other thing, like he has all the makings in the world to be a good ground ball pitcher. You know, he has a fastball cutter sinker ish pitch and um, a slider. So anytime that you're looking at a sinker baller, and I, I talk about this all the time, you need to go to plate IQ you need to go down to pitch types, and you need to see how teams hit sl- sinkers. It, it's a different type of pitch. It has that downward movement. Um, and, and one thing that I've noticed, uh, you know, over the last couple of years is a lot of the Dodgers hit sinkers really well. I want zero Dakota Hudson here, and um, you know, I'm going to talk about these Dodgers bats in a minute. But this is a good spot to load up on some Dodgers. Stevie, you're stealing my thunder here right now. I was, about <laughs> Sorry, to just, <laughs> I was about to just say I want all the Dodgers. You you hit it on the head with the plate IQ, the pitch type. With um, You guys need to go in there. I literally will go through every single team uh, game by game, and I will look at, like, every single pitch type and every single, you know, you know see how many uh, – what pitches they throw and then look at how those teams and batters hit. You know, obviously, if you have smaller sample sizes, they might not be that big of a deal. But you've got some pretty good sample sizes for these Dodgers guys. And they they hit this pitch really well. And they're just a team that th- – those lefties. I, I want Bellinger. I want Jock. I want Seager, Muncy. Like, those those are the guys I'm looking at. I love those guys. Um, you know, Seager, very cash game playable here. You know, even Jock Peterson, not a typical guy for cash games, but I honestly, I don't hate him here in cash. Um, I think he's very cash game playable. When we're looking at his $4,200 price tag, um, it's not like it's been in the past. You know, Muncy very much in play. Bellinger is one of the hottest hitters in baseball, if not the hottest hitter in baseball to start the season. The guy is just absolutely hitting everything. Um that ball you hit on Sunday Night Baseball, he absolutely murdered I that think ball. Th- doesn't he have the highest hard contact rate right now in the league? I'm pretty, pretty sure, sure yeah. I I'm pretty sure. he does, and A.J. Pollock is like third or fourth <laughs> right now. Like, they're, they're just, this team is mashing. Like, this whole team, it's crazy. And, like, when you look at, like, you know, when you look at, like, Pollock and you're like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, I'm so worried about, like, Pollock. His power, his ISO is way down right now, but his BABIP is 208. He's hitting the ball at people a lot. Like, you know, I'm not too concerned about Pollock. I am concerned about Pollock in this matchup just because he doesn't hit sinkers very well. And Dakota Hudson uses a sinker more to righties than he does to lefties. Um, You know, the other thing that you got to consider here is his secondary pitch is a slider, and almost all the Dodgers that hit sinkers well hit sliders well as well. They're just good hitters, so... Like the Dodgers stack a lot in this spot. Um, any interest in the Cardinals here? No, maybe outside of like, you know, a one-off or a mini stack of like Carp Goldie. But I, I think I'm going to be more on Stripling, so I probably won't be taking a ton of these guys. But I think Carpenter is totally in play. Um, you know, his – where is he? He's 4,200 on DraftKings. That's, that's absolutely I, – I, I like that price on DraftKings a lot. Uh, 4200 um so yeah i think he's in play yeah like carpenter is just uber talented um you know anytime you get a guy like carpenter that he's gonna he's gonna start mashing baseballs and he's under 4500 and that's kind of where we're looking you know this season when we're playing on DraftKings with their with a really tight pricing um yankees at um houston here jonathan lasagna because I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. I know I've heard it a bunch of times, but um, not even going to attempt it. Against Garrett Cole, um, any interest here in the Yankees' young pitcher? You know, I don't think I don't think I have much interest in this guy. Um, I, I'm just I'm, I'm worried. Is this Houston lineup is another lineup I don't really like to uh, pick on very um, very much, and I. I think I'm just going to stay away. I know his price is cheap. He's 6,900. Um, but these Houston bats right now are, are kind of getting hot. And I, I think I just want to st- stay away. I know the K numbers that you see the percentages and in a small sample, but you know, they're, they're high, you know, he's got around like a 30% K rate. Um, 
but I, I think he, he gets hit hard to righties. Um, I, I think I'm just going to stay away. Completely understand that. Um, if I knew he was going to throw more than like 75 pitches here, you know, he, he is a guy that I worry about just pitch count um, more than anything else. Like it's a pitch count thing. Um, I would have a little interest. I can't lie. Um, one thing that I've noticed about Houston is, is they kind of struggle with sliders and this young kid threw his slider, you know, 37% of the time against righties last season. And he compliments it nice with a nice 95 mile an hour fastball. So it's a control thing with him and he racks up his pitch count really fast, but he has strikeout upside. He's, he's shown it at every level that he has, you know, big time K ability. He has high whiff rates um, in triple A, double A. And even last year in the small sample size that we saw him in the bigs, you know, his whiff rates were really, really high, um, you know, especially on that slider. So it's just a control thing and a pitch count thing. But he's not my cheap guy, but I could, cons- I-, I definitely am going to consider him depending on what that Houston lineup looks like. If they throw a bunch of righties at him and really Brantley is the only lefty, maybe even like Tony Kemp or something, and White's in there and they have a, a couple extra righties, I think you could potentially maybe look at him here. Because you know that slider is just so good. Um, I think I think one of those things, though, with what you said being like that, he has some control issues. One of the things that I didn't like about this matchup as well was that you got some really patient hitters in the Houston lineup. They don't really strike out a ton, besides really Correa uh, and Torinos. Like they're just very patient. They draw walks. Like so, that's one of the things. You know, with his walk rate being up around like you know. 10 12 percent um it just that scares me a little bit excellent point um couldn't agree more with that uh, it's definitely anytime that's very concerning um i couldn't i couldn't agree more with that it's an excellent point um i will say in tournaments i'm a little bit a little bit like different this year when it comes to just taking pure on just chances when pitchers because like these cheap SP2s are just going to allow me a couple extra bats and like matters this year, right? Like the pricing yeah. has just been so tight. So, but yeah, that's an excellent point. Uh, I love that call. Um, Garrett Cole, like if you're not paying it for DeGrom here, you got a Yankees team missing some key pieces here. These guys strike out a ton against right handed pitching. Yes, they have a ton of upside, but like Garrett Cole's upside here is like 10 plus strikeouts. Is it? bad that i say if i'm not if i'm not taking the grom i'm going just a little under cole i i think i'm not going cold today i i think that's just going to be one of my my fades i i don't know how popular he's going to be i assume he's going to be somewhat popular just because like you said he's extremely talented and the yankees do struggle with right-handed pitching um but I just, if I'm going that high up, I, I can't see myself not going to DeGrom. Is, you know, I don't know about you. No. I, I, so, like, if I build three teams, I don't know if I'd play DeGrom on all three. Um, I'd probably play him on one or two. And I think that other team would probably have Cole for what it's worth. Um, but like I might play Cole on one and DeGrom on one and kind of go mid-tier on the other one with both my pitchers. So um so that's kind of the thing. Like I already kind of hinted at it that I like Luke C. Um that's really the guy that I'm looking at in that range. And you know, I always build like a placeholder lineup the night before when I'm reserving my stuff. And like I like my placeholder lineup the night before that had Cole and Luke C on it. So, you know, obviously I would need some value, but you know, it's interesting. Um, I I think Cole has the upside. I also think he has some downside here, but Garrett Cole has been very consistent for a long time, but I can understand why you would go even cheaper because there's some really good options um, underneath him as well. Um, Any Yankees bats that you'd play here? Uh. Yeah, I mean Gary Sanchez. I, I actually I don't want to pay up that high for a catcher, probably. So I'm I'm probably just gonna stay away from the Yankees. Yeah, it's a very small sample size, but when you look at these guys' numbers against fastballs over like 95, 96 miles an hour, which Cole lives around like 96, 
they kind of struggle um, up and down this lineup. So, you know, if you're considering Cole, it might even be better. Um, but, yeah, really the only guy that has an ISO over 200 with at least 30 plate appearances is Brett Gardner. But it's a small sample size, and, you know, I don't want to rely on 20 at-bats to, you know, make a make my decision on this slate. Um, I don't think I will end up in any Yankees, but I can understand why you would play a Yankee stack as a contrarian large field tournament stack, any, any slate, not just today. Um, anybody from Houston? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, I think Bregman is totally fine as like a, a one-off. He's been hot with the bat, you know, 243 ISO to right-handed pitching, you know, 393 Woba. I, I kind of like him as a one-off. Yeah, and like Brantley just continues to be too cheap. Like you could play Michael Brantley every day if you want to until they like, you know, consistently raise his price. But, you know, with him being 4K, like I'll continue to, you know, look at Brantley if he's going to continue to be, you know, in this price range. Yeah, good call. Um, I think that's it. I don't really have anything else here. So um, let's move on. We got Seattle at Kansas City. Marco Gonzalez against Jacob Junis. Um, Man, the Seattle stack really paid off for me on Monday. Marco Gonzalez, uh, any interest here in the lefty? Yeah, um, I do have interest in Marco Gonzalez. Uh, he's one of my, you know, like SP2s that I'm looking at to pay down. 7600 I think is his price on DraftKings. Um, just one of those guys who, like, I, I really believe in. I took him a ton in best balls, like at, at the very end of a ton of best balls this year. Um, so like him a lot, leaving his stuff, you know, 22% K rate, K rate to righties. Um, this Casey lineup, you know, they do have a lot of right-handers um, and they do have a lot of guys with, you know, around 21 or higher percent K rates. You know, they got six guys in the lineup. So they do have some strikeouts to be had in that lineup. Whip Mer Merrifield's on fire right now. Um, but like, other than that, like, Mondesi, like those two guys are are hot with the bat, but I, I think as we get down to like the mid and bottom of that lineup, you could definitely get some strikeouts in there. You know, the thing that's you know interesting when we're looking at this just overall is the bottom of this lineup is bad. The bottom of this, you know, Casey lineup is really bad. They have a ton of speed throughout this lineup, and the top of this order is really good with Maryfield, Solaire. Modesty, um, Alex Gordon, not good against lefties, but like the top of this order, really solid. Bottom of this order, eh. So I actually think Marco Gonzalez is a really um, strong play. And like the other thing that we have to consider here as well when we're looking at Marco Gonzalez, he's going to be making his fourth start of the season. Like this guy is like one, almost two starts ahead of everybody else. So we know we're likely going to get 100 pitches. He's starting to find his groove. He's way further along than everybody else right now. So I think Marco Gonzalez very much in play. Get Merrifield. Don't get hit too bad by Merrifield and Soler here, and I think he has a really good game. And, you know, obviously being a lefty, if Mondesi is able to get on base, you know, luckily we're able to maybe hold him on a little bit better here with a lefty on the hill. Yeah, um, I mean, look at, too, his, his matchups. He's faced Oakland, Boston, L.A. You know, he's had 14, 12, and 23 fantasy points. Like, those are some pretty tough teams really besides the angels who haven't been hitting great, but like, um, you know, those are tough matchups and he's, you know, got through it without getting absolutely crushed. So I think you have a guy who's got like a kind of safe floor. So I kind of like him in cash games. And I think he has some upside in tournaments. Yep. Um, Jacob Junis, a guy that, you know, I pitched him a lot last year, but this Seattle team is just smoking. There is zero chance that I played Junis here. Yeah, I think you, I think there's a hundred percent chance you run a Seattle stack back <laughs> the next day. Cause yeah, uh, no, like man, just up and down this whole lineup. Like if we just look at like this season stats, like there's not a weak spot in this lineup outside of like D Gordon. And he's not even striking out right now. Yeah, I mean, one of the worst things, and we brought this up kind of pre-show because you were kind of telling me about how you couldn't get uh, E5 and Vogelbach uh, in your lineups on DK. And that's that's one of the things that stinks about DK is, like, they're both first base eligible, so you can't play them both. And right now they're both really, like, 
E5 starting to come come on, and Vogelbach's on fire too. Uh, so on FanDuel, I kind of like that that pairing as like you can play them together. So I like that on FanDuel. I did it uh, today, and I'm gonna probably do it again tomorrow. But uh, I, I I do like these Seattle bats. Um, Jay Bruce at E5, Vogelbach, Navarez as a as a catcher. Um, you know, even Tim Beckham, if he's in the lineup, Tim Beckham's bat has been on fire. And uh, I, I, I'll i I'll take some Tim Beckham. Uh, where's his price? Where is he priced at? Did they price him up too on DraftKings? What's up with this pricing on DraftKings? Are you, he's 3,800. Okay, that's fine. I'm a fan. You, you're a fan. Okay. Yeah. I want people only- to have to make decisions. I don't want to be able to play like a top pitcher and a cheaper or like a mid-range pitcher and still get like a, a top stack. I, I like the pit, I like the pricing. Just fix catcher pricing. These guys shouldn't That's be it. that right. Yes. Yeah. That was uh, all I was going to say is I'm 100% with you on the pricing except for the catcher. Why is the 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 catcher should be $2800 37? Like I, I get like there's no reason that Fegley or Ramos or, or Barnes should be like only $600 cheaper than like Real Muto and Gary Sanchez. Like Evan Gaddis has even played a game. He's 3,800. <laughs> he's 3,800. You know what I mean? Like what? Um, Any Kansas City bats that you want to play here? I mean, I, I, I think we kind of said it right. Like Wit, Mondesi, Soler, like the guys who would be in play. Um, I, I think you can play Wit. He's just another guy. He's just on fire. Forty four hundreds, a pretty good price tag. And second base isn't like it's not like the best spot. There's not a ton of you know. I think great plays, but um, I think he's one of the better plays. Yeah, Whit Merrifield always very good against lefties too. So you know, I, I think that his price is very fair in this range, and his upside is you know it's right there. It's right there as far as all these other guys go. Um, Atlanta at Colorado. We got a Coors game here. Max Freed against Herman Marquez. Um, what's your thoughts here on um, – I guess you can kind of group both of these pitchers together if you have any interest in playing either one of them. Yeah, well, uh, so Max Freed's a guy who I was all in on his last start, and he was – Me too. He was yeah, great. He was, he was dominant, man. He That Cubs team, he just – um he pitched really well against now he he didn't the strikeout numbers weren't huge you know he had five k's but i watched that game he had a ton of ground balls yet he had 11 ground balls um they let him go 88 pitches um you know six innings he had one hit i i really like this kid i just don't think i i can get on board with him in cores I, i i really love him i love the price on him but even with that $6,400 price, I think I still want story Arenado. I think I want some black men. Like, I I think I'm going to be going more that route. I think he gets rocked in the start. Um, You you know, obviously there's a lot of stuff when it comes to cores on breaking balls and how they move and how up and down pitches move and stuff. This guy throws a curveball a lot, and that could be a huge issue for him here. So as much as I loved him against the Cubs last start, I'm perfectly okay with not playing him in this start. Um, Marquez on the other side of this game, like he's a guy that I absolutely love. Um, I don't even care like when he's in cores and when he's not in cores. I'm just not playing him in this spot. Uh, I think the Atlanta Braves have up and down a really, really good team um, outside of Acuna. They don't really strike out that much. Now that Donaldson's there, I guess they have another strikeout guy, but really uh, a team that puts the ball in play a lot. And when you're putting the ball in play a lot at cores, it's always very concerning. But And, and they, a lot of lefties, too. It's not like he's going to get a lot of righties in this lineup. So as much as I like Marquez, um, I, I can't play him in this spot. Yeah, I'm with you. I like Marquez a lot, too. Um, remember that his first two starts, he went up against Tampa and Miami, both in those two pitchers' ballparks, you know, in Miami and in Tampa. Um, fared really well, but now he gets to start in cores against 
an Atlanta team that you said there's a ton of lefties. Um, I like taking him in cores when he's going up against like weaker lineups um, because you just know he comes in at lower ownership because most people won't play him even even with him going up against a weaker lineup. But this Atlanta lineup, I don't really want to pick on them, so I probably won't go there. But I, I could see it in large field tournaments just because his you know his strikeout stuff is really good when he's on, but. Um, I'm 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 not going to go there, being that I make you know one to three lineups. Um, I'm right there with you. Um, I I can't pull the trigger. He he's he's a legit like candidate as an ace. Um, you know when we're when we're looking at it, and he's not priced like one today. Um, when we're seeing a, a guy with his upside under nine K this season, it's very rare at this point. So I, I can understand and like. If you're going to take a shot on Brett Anderson, I could completely understand taking a shot on Marquez, um, just talent level wise. It's just like this lineup could easily get to him. And, you know, that's what we're throwing caution at the wind. Both these teams, very high, you know, potential of scoring runs. So let's talk bats. Um, outside of stacking Atlanta, like you could stack any team in cores anytime you want. The run expectancy is just so much higher typically. When we're looking at Atlanta here, I think I would stick to the lefties if playing any of them. Like, I still respect the talent level um, for Marquez. What are you looking at here when it comes to Atlanta? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people would stick to the, the lefties. I, I kind of like Acuna a lot. Um, really small sample size, but like hits that. You know, Marquez throws that 95-mile-an-hour fastball, and he just – he does well against those um, high-velocity pitches. Um, so I I really like Acuna in this spot. I feel like he might come in a little on her own from the, from the lefties. Um, then taking a guy like, you know, like going like Acuna, Marquez, Albies, Flowers, if he's in the lineup, Dansby, Swanson. Like I like taking the bottom half – or you know, the four through eight or of that lineup. I, I, I do like that strategy. Um, I don't, I don't think it gets implemented enough. And uh, when you're trying to be different and you're playing large field tournaments and you still want to get cores bats in there, I think that's a great way to do it um, that most people won't do. I will say one thing um, as far as flowers goes, you know, he get, he got hit by a 96 or 98 mile an hour fastball in the hand. Um, it, until I see him play a couple games, I'm perfectly okay with fading him. Um, don't even know if he'll be back. Yeah, Jackson might be back in the lineup for what it's worth. Um, yeah. He might I like not flowers. Be back. I forgot like, about that. He might not be back. Yeah. Like I like flowers. He's a guy that like, you know, as a catcher wise and like McCann's out now. So like, Jackson um, could get the start again. Um, I don't really have anything else to add. Like Mark Kakis is 4K on um, DK today. He's probably going to be really, really popular. Um, just kind of looking at pricing. The Colorado side of things, um, it doesn't sound like David Dahl is going to be back, um, which kind of makes this interesting to see what they do here. Um what are you looking at as far as the Colorado bats go? I mean, I think it's Blackman, Story, Arenado. Those are the three guys. Maybe some Mark Reynolds, um, Ian Desmond. But, like, I, I think I'm going to stick with those three guys for the most part. I don't know how the, the rest of their lineup's going to shape up, too, because they started um, – what's his name? Uh, Tapia? Uh, how do you say his name? Yeah, Tepia, he's probably not going to start. They'll probably play yeah. uh, Pat Vileka. Um, Didn't he play two, though? Didn't he play two? I think he played two. Yeah, but he, he can play He can play the outfield, and they can play You know, Reynolds at first base. He played okay. uh, first base against the righty. Okay. They'll, they'll probably start Reynolds against the lefty, and Vileka will probably play the outfield. If I had to guess... Um, I'm looking up. I was patiently waiting for Fandle to load. Um, Patty V is like, he's not like technically cheap, but he is under 4K on DK. I'm kind of curious if he is like that $2,500 price tag on Fandle that we saw uh, Tapia on on Monday waiting for it to load. 
He is a second baseman. He's 2,500. I think he's, you know, certainly in play over there on, on Fandle at, at second base. You know, we were talking about how second base isn't really a loaded position. If you're not paying up for Albies or Merrifield, I think you could pay down here for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't really have anything else. You know, like like yeah. we said, Trevor Story and, and Nolan Arenado are just really, really good against lefties. Um, I don't want to overlook that. Their numbers are insane against left-handed pitching. So they're two of the top hitters, if not the two top hitters on the slate. Texas at Arizona, we have uh, Mike Miner against Zach Greinke. Um, any interest here in Mike Miner? Uh, no, not really. Um, I think I think I might have some interest in in. in one or two of these Arizona bats, but I, I don't, I think I'm staying away from a uh, minor. Yeah. I, you know, I think you could potentially look at minor. I don't think he's like the worst play on this slate. Um, you know, he, he pitched really well last time out. He, he's a fly ball guy. Um, I don't know if the roof is going to be open or not in Arizona. If the roof is closed in Arizona, I'm actually looking it up really quick. Cause I'm curious. Um, if the roof is closed in Arizona, I actually would have a little bit more um, interest. Let's see. Yeah, roof that makes, is, that'll make a big difference. Roof is going to be open. So um, that ball, the ball, so they have, the ball just flies a little bit more when the, when the roof is open in Arizona ever since they did all this weird stuff with the baseballs and the humidifiers and stuff like that. Um, so like, I, I like stacking in Arizona a lot more. Um, so yeah, I could, I could definitely see maybe taking a shot on Mike Miner, just considering his price and considering that there is strikeouts in this lineup towards the middle, towards the end of this lineup. But like, he's not my favorite cheap pitcher here. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, re I'm really looking at Kettle Marte. I, I like him against the lefty, his numbers against lefties. Uh, pretty good, you know, 263 ISO, 407 Woba, and he's just uh, another guy just been hot. Um, so he's someone who I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to look at on the slate. Um, again, a second base uh, outfield eligible guy, so he's got dual multi-position on DraftKings at 4,200. So something, someone I'm going to look at. Yeah, for sure. Um, any interest in Zach Greinke? You know, Granky's a guy. I guess I have like a tiny bit of interest, but I don't love the matchup. Just like a, he's going to go up against a ton of lefties. Um, I, I'm just kind of worried in this matchup. Like Gallo, Cabrera, Mazzaro, Odor, Chu. They got a ton of uh, lefties to throw at him. I, this could be a matchup where he gets he gets hit around a lot. I I think I'm just gonna stay away. I might end up stacking Texas. Yeah, I, I really just think like the thing that's interesting about Granky, as as much as like Texas hits fastballs and they hit sinkers and they hit cutters, they really struggle with changeups. So Granky threw his he's in his first he's thrown two starts right um, in his first two starts he's thrown his changeup forty nine percent of the time and like uh you know it's his best pitch he gets really high strikeouts on it his fastball stinks um his fastball has come to the point where it's like an eighty nine mile an hour fastball it's not Zach Granky of like five years ago you know what I mean so like Granky at eighty nine is a lot interesting a lot more interesting than Granky at like 10, nine um, is kind of my point here. Like we're not paying that massive price tag for him. And if he's really going to commit to throwing his change up this much, he's interesting in this spot. Um, I'm with you. I could definitely see a Texas stack, like winning this slate because he throws poof pitches is what I like to call them. But yeah. he has the strikeout upside to win you a tournament at 8,900. Um, is the other side of this argument. Yeah. I mean, I think this is, like you said, this could go one of two ways, but I think people still see his name and see him as like the elite pitcher he was. And he's really not that guy right now. So I, I think this Texas stack comes in really low owned in a good hitters ballpark. Um, I, I don't know. I think it could be sneaky. Roof is open. Um, you mentioned Marte. Uh, when you were talking about hitters, um, anybody on the Texas side that you like? 
Well, you kind of uh, just say that you like you. you know, yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking at the lefties here. So like Mazzaro, Gallo, Astrubal, Cabrera, um, Odor. Those are like the four guys I'm I'm really looking at. Yeah, I I think I would stack them. I'm not going to sit here and play one-offs. Joey Gallo is always a one-off. Like anytime you want to play Joey Gallo as a one-off, never going to hate it. He is the one guy on this team that has two home run upside each and every night. Um he also can strike out four times. So the variance of Joey Gallo is always a lot of fun. Um so I like Gallo always as a one-off. It's just like I I think Texas is more of a stack than trying to play one-offs here. Oh yeah, one guy we missed too from Arizona, Adam Jones. He'll be the he'll be one other guy that I'll look at. He's four K on DraftKings. I, I definitely don't mind some Adam Jones if you wanted to do a little mini stack with Jones and Marte. Yeah, Jones, Marte, even like Flores, if you want to do a three man. Um I wish Christian Walker was a catcher. Um <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? Um but yeah. So um Again, don't mind Mike Miner. Uh, moving on here, San Diego at San Francisco. Joey Lucchese against Derek Holland. I've already alluded to it a bunch as we've been going here. I really like Lucchese. Um, He's one of my favorite pitchers on this slate. I would love to make him and DeGrom work. I don't know if I'll be able to make that work. Um, I do like the Cole and Lucchese lineup. I, I'm not going to lie. Um, it came together a lot easier than I thought it was going to, at, even at $3,800 a player. Um, I like Luke C a lot because this San Francisco lineup is just, it's garbage against left-handed pitching. It's so bad against left-handed pitching. Eric Lauer had Babbitt go wrong and like gave up one big hit, but like he even bounced back like tremendously. If you played him, like the fact that he got back to like 15 and then he got the win for like 19 was just pure, come back and let that pitch kind of just go um, after giving up that big hit. Yeah. And you know, I'm totally with you on Lucchese. I'm in on him. Um, Pitchers, left-handed pitchers against San Francisco. You know, one of the things is a lot of their power bats are left-handed. So like, you know, Bell and Crawford, like, and so this lineup just really struggles against them. They really don't have a lot of like power right-handers, you know, they have Posey, but like, that's really it. Like there's no one else you're really worried about. So with his high strikeout rate, you know, he has a, a good strikeout numbers to lefties and righties, you know, 25% to righties, 28 to lefties, um, you know, around seven, 8% walk rate. That's, um, it's not terrible. And, uh, limits hard contact to lefties. Now the righties is hard contacts a little higher, but still just not, not guys that you're afraid of. Um, giving up hard contact too because there's just not a lot of right-handed bats that are scary in this lineup low isos all the way down pretty much um, got one guy with an over 200 iso i think it's uh, longoria so someone i'm definitely going to be on yeah man those uh luke ac marco gonzalez lineups um look really really solid um Derek holland on the other side of this game you know we picked on the padres a lot over the last few years not the same padres lineup um any interest in Derek holland uh no i do not i have interest in guys like manny machado and hunter renfro and will myers i love that that uh uh two three four stack um of padres i'm definitely definitely gonna be on that Man, I wish it was a different ballpark. I would, I would no. absolutely load up on the Padres on the slate. Like, that's why people won't though. That's, that's no, I, you're gonna get I, them at lower ownership. Like, I, I get that. I, I just think like you're going to need home runs and a lot of runs on this slate because of the spots that we've talked about. So I worry about like them scoring enough. Like. Tatis is another guy, like even like a guy like Reyes, who struggled to start the season. He came in and had a pinch hit home run on Monday. So that could be a momentum turning booster for him. So there's a lot of upside here for the Padres. They have a lot of power against lefties and Derek Holland stinks against righties, you know, 205 ISO, 344 Woba, 45% hard hit rate against righties last season, 30% hard to soft contact ratio. Like, love playing righties against Derek Holland and like the Padres have enough of them. 
Um, anybody from the Giants? You know, you already talked about like how they have all these low ISOs. Um, I have zero interest in the pod in the Giants bats here. Yeah, I'm with you. Zero interest. I don't mind head stacking every once in a while, but I'm all in on Luke KC here. Um, Milwaukee at LA taking on the Angels. Freddie Peralta against Matt Harvey. Gonna really have to see what Kevin Roth has to say about this. It's supposed to be super windy, and it'd be really interesting to see direction that the wind's blowing. How and if that's going to affect um, this game. Taking the wind out of this game, um, any interest in Freddie Peralta? Yeah, I mean, I think Freddie Freddie is like the ultimate GPP play. Like he, for me, he's definitely not a guy I would play in cash with him being so close close to like Cole and Degrom and pricing and stuff like that. But a guy in tournaments who I definitely want to take a shot with because you just see the the ceiling for him. It is extremely high. He's got 40 plus point, um, uh, fantasy point, you know, is his ceiling. So I, I love that in tournaments, this, um, LA team outside of trout really has just been struggling and it's just, especially the bottom of this lineup, but, um, really the whole lineup besides trout. I mean, trout's just on fire, but if you go past him, it's like, uh, I do like Freddie being able to get through this lineup, uh, no problem. And I think in tournaments, I like his upside. Yeah, I like the upside. Um, can certainly understand why um, the upside, you know, just is, is is there for him for sure. When you look at this lineup, it's a very right-handed heavy lineup too. I think that would be easier on him. He, he showed a little bit higher strikeout rate against um, – righties and the walk rate was down uh, on righties too you always got to consider when you're looking at strikeout pitchers like a guy like freddie peralta younger guy you gotta look at their walk rates and if they threw if they had a bunch of lefties here i'd be a little concerned but like you said bottom of the order struggling uh Bohr did finally you know homer on monday it's been a while for him um matt harvey on the other side if so here's the thing like if wind is going to be blowing out at like 18 miles an hour, it could make a little bit of a difference enough where like, I think you could, I already like the brewers, but I think you could really like the brewers. Um, I have zero interest in Matt Harvey for what it's worth. Yeah. A hundred percent agree with you. Zero interest in Matt Harvey. And then agree with you that I had interest in the brewers before you talked about the wind and everything. And if, the wind's blowing out and, you know, we get some news on that. I mean, this might be one of the best stacking spots on the slate. And with cores, it might come in, you know, a little less owned just because of cores being on the slate. So I, I love this spot. I mean, Christian Yelich has to be one of your favorite guys to spend up for that's not in cores. So, um, he's, he's definitely mine. I love Christian Yelich. Um, but this whole lineup from, you know, Shaw, Braun, uh, Moustakis, Grandal, just like all these guys are totally in play, super high ISOs. Um, could just see Matt Harvey giving up a few few home runs. And like one of the most interesting things when you're looking at like a Brewer stack here, they're, they're my favorite stack outside of course today. It's It shouldn't be a surprise to anybody um, as well if they hit the ball. They are facing an American League team. They have the DH, so you get an extra one of these bats in there. And the Angels don't have a left-handed arm in the bullpen. Um, so, like, you know that a guy that comes in the game here for the Angels is going to be a righty, and you're stacking up the lefties in this spot, and you know that, like, there's not a pinch for hit risk. We have a DH, and there's no lefties in the bullpen, so, like, all my guys should stay in the game and I get nine innings, so I, I love the Brewers here. I love what, stacking against Matt Harvey. I love all these guys um, for the Brewers. One thing, too, that what, what you just alluded to is perfect for a guy like Eric Thames, who might get the start with the DH spot, and he might not get pinch hit for if, because they have no you know lefties in the bullpen, that – that's probably huge for him. He'll probably stay in the game. Um, and a guy who I, I think he's in play on Fandle. If he's in, he's very sneaky. He's 2,800. And he's just like a 
you know, in GPPs, he's a guy who can, he, he can hit you a home run. You know what I mean? He's got that upside um, in GPPs. I don't like his price that much on DraftKings because I, th- I think they have him priced, yeah, 4300 It's not terrible, but I don't love it compared to uh, Fandle where you get him at 2800 So just something sneaky in tournaments. If he's going to be the DH and like Stevie said, there's no lefties in the bullpen, they have no reason to pull him. So he'll probably get his you know, three to five at bats. He matches sinkers too. We know Matt Harvey has that little sinking fastball. So really going to be paying attention yep. to what Kevin Roth has to say here. Um, Mike Trout's the best hitter in baseball. Every day he's in play. Don't think I'll end up with him today at 5,600. Um, it's really tough for him to beat me unless he hits two home runs or has a Mike Trout game. Um, I, I, I am... Uh, I fade Mike Trout a lot more than every, uh, pretty much everybody. I don't think I would play him here. There are spots that I love playing him. This is a tough spot. It is a younger pitcher, um, and you know, playing Trout against a younger pitcher is always fine. But fifty six is a tough ask when we have a course slate and some of these other bats that are just cheaper. Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm probably gonna pay up for if it's not in cores, and I'm paying that type of price. I'm probably paying up for a guy like Yelich personally. So, um, he'd be my spend up. Uh, you know, outside of like cores. Yeah, I just it, it's tough to it's tough to pay that price for. It's not tough to pay that price. Mike Trout's amazing. Um, that's it. That's gonna wrap it up. Um, I gotta come up with a morning grind game for baseball. I haven't thought about it yet. Um, this was kind of sprung on me. I thought I had a couple more days. So when we talk baseball tomorrow, um, I'll, I'll try to think of a morning grind game, maybe a home run game or something. If somebody wants to track it on Twitter, maybe we'll do a home run game and like a, a cheap pitcher game or something like that. So, uh, John, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No guys. I think, uh, we kind of laid it out for you. Stack the brewers. Look at the weather. Brewers, you know, look at what man. It'd be now Joey if the wind's blowing in. If the wind's blowing in at like eighteen miles an hour, a little bit more uh, concerning than if it's blowing out for what it's worth. So yeah, check, check the weather. Check, check Kevin yeah. Roth. Yeah, it's easy as that. You know, Kevin Roth um, does such a great job, and you know, I know you work with Kevin. Um, you know, with crunch time, and you got that you know going on, and you'll be able to give you know your final thought. Are you on? I don't even know. Are you on crunch time um, today? Uh, I'll be on crunch time Wednesday. So not, okay, so, not today. All right. So you'll be back on crunch time. So it's actually kind of perfect that you're working today. So I know yeah. you have crunch time after my show on Thursday. So, um, if you want JSU's thoughts, he's always around rotor grinders premium here. So you can check him out all the time. That's going to wrap it up here for Tuesday, April 9th. Hope everyone has an awesome, awesome baseball slate. And, uh, we'll see you guys again tomorrow.